guys, welcome back to Aesthetically Displeasing, where we talk about all things spooky, stupid, and displeasing. I'm Melanie. And I'm Nicole. And we have, hopefully, a very silent third. (laughs) Don't laugh too hard. He's on your chest. We've got Xander here, but he has fallen asleep. He, I swear to God, he becomes like a riot, like 20 minutes before he's going to fall asleep. And I learned that when I was, he was sick for three weeks with a different illness each week. And so I had lots of time at home with him trying to work and be a mom. And so it was really hard. <laughs> it was so hard. But I learned because I, I lost a lot of patience. <laughs> I learned that if I just let him like scream and beat me up, not beat me up. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a, a baby year old. Um, like if I let him like kind of throw a fit, he will pass out. Oh my gosh. So I like give him. just gotta like get his last little burst of energy out. I give him, don't get me wrong, I don't let him like freak out for 20 minutes, but I give him about like five minutes to like be pissy and mean. Because he likes to um, like grab at you and I don't think he means to hurt me, but god damn, he hurts me. He also bites my boobs. He pinches. His fat little fingers just like. He's got a really good grip strength. Yes. But right now he's sleeping and he's so angelic. Okay, so last time I chose the conspiracy theory because I am doing a true crime, but not just any old true crime. I'm going to talk to you about a cult. <gasps> I was going to do um, Heaven's Gate, mm-hmm. but I started the research on Tuesday and today's Saturday, and that is too much. But did you know that Heaven's Gate was mainly founded by a woman? Yeah, I listened to a whole podcast documentary on it okay because that's what i was going to listen to but then it was really long and i had other stuff to do (laughs) you have to listen to it so good because the daughter of the woman Mm -hmm. does like is the one who does it um i won't get into it but yeah i want to listen to it it's so good i loved when i worked in the lab every single day i would listen to podcast documentaries because i could get through like a whole series yeah and i I can't, like, come back to it and try to remember what was said. But Heaven's Gate is crazy. It's really creepy. But I'll definitely do that. But then, um, but I didn't realize because she died before the mass suicide. So I only knew about the man who was still there. Um, yep. But then I was like, okay, girl boss, what's another, like, woman cult leader? Because I fully believe, like, I just understand the appeal of a cult. I really do. I do, too. If someone just came up to me and, like, I could go live on a commune with my friends, I could do drugs, like, do a little farming, hang out, that sounds lovely. Yeah, when I listen to, I love cult podcasts. Yeah. And so, like, Nexium came out with a cult podcast, Mm -hmm. and it's with the actress who is, like, most famous for being in there and then leaving. Um, she's like describing like when she started and I was like, what about this as a cult? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. It doesn't sound like one. It kind of reminds me, have you watched Schitt's Creek? Mm-hmm. Where she, um, is doing like the spin class. She's working for the spin ca- class and then he's talking about how he's gonna, they're going to like reach the gate or whatever. And then they realize it's a cult. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I would do that. I, I would totally fall for a cult. Absolutely, especially if it was a woman. Do you think that you would have gotten into um, Charles Manson's van, into his hippie van, and gone with him? Maybe not, but um, Nexium is one where 
Are you doing Nexium? I have that on my list. Okay, so the podcast documentary, they have like a they have like a side like like um what am I trying to say? Like elite part of the cult, Ooh. okay? And it's supposed to be all ran by women. It's just a women's division of the cult. Mm-hmm. It's not. Ew. It's like once you find out about it. So like I would do that. I would band with women and then like I would do that. But I'll, then when a man came be like, ew, bye. Um she literally has like the cauterization of the man's initials yeah. on her body. Mm-hmm. I hate it. A lot of people a lot of the women do. Well, she didn't know. They tried <clears throat> to like say that it wasn't that. Yeah, they tried to say it was like a special symbol, but mm-hmm. it was just his initials. And it's like right above her vagina. That's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> I had heard of this cult before and I actually watched a documentary about it but it was really short like I thought it was creepy but um I decided to research on it and it is the cult of the family it originated in Australia have you heard of this no I love a good cult story you may have a little bit okay so um she is one of the few female cult leaders in history and a lot of people say that she was one of the cruelest Anne Hamilton Byrne operated in almost total secrecy for over 20 years. Hidden away in the countryside outside of Melbourne, the family's motto was unseen, unknown, unheard. Ooh, that just gave me chills. Creepy. After a police raid in 1987, it emerged that over the years, Anne had collected, note the word collected, 28 children, dressing them in identical clothes and bleaching their hair platinum blonde. To keep her family under control, she subjected them to beatings, starvations, emotional torture, forced drug use are you sure this isn't true crime <laughs> like it is true crime but Holy also cult. yeah it's cult it has a lot of crime in it it's it's a doozy it does have a lot of like children abuse child abuse oh awesome sad but trigger warning yes trigger warning there's um a lot of the children have come out and spoke and um one of the things i use is the 48 hour Um, Mm -hmm. documentary and a lot of the kids who escaped the cult were a part of it so born evelyn edwards in 1921 Anne grew up in a one road farming settlement two hours east of melbourne her daughter no not her daughter her mother was named florence she was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia after setting her hair on fire in the street Jesus Christ. She then spent 27 years in various psychiatric hospitals until she died. So she didn't grow up with a stable mother. Her father was a traveling farm worker. um, So she had to spend a lot of her time in orphanages as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, Anne did get married to her first husband when she was about 20. They had a daughter and they were trying to have more children um, but she was suffering a lot of miscarriages. Aww. So they were in the process of adopting a child when he died in a car accident. 
Oh my god. So she just had a really, really tragic life. Um, but this was in um about the fifties and sixties when like the hippie era started coming mm-hmm. to Australia and yoga was the new the new move. <clears throat> um, so that was her salvation. That was how she um was able to get through a lot of her grief. And in the early nineteen sixties So when she's in her 40s, she started teaching yoga, and she was teaching it to mostly middle-aged housewives in Melbourne's um, suburbs. Oh, my God. Is it like the Tupperware community? Yes, basically. So uh, a member of the cult says, Anne was apparently a wonderful teacher, and these women became her first devotees. She was clever and intuitive. She knew how to find the chinks in people's armor. Often these lo- these wives were in unhappy marriages. Their children had grown up and they were looking for new meaning in their lives. I don't like that you use the word chinks. Though I didn't use the word chinks. This cult member did. That's, okay, that's... <laughs> okay. Um, so she was really good at... Um, telling these like unhappy housewives who were empty nesters that they were um, like special. Mm-hmm. And so this is in the 60s in Australia and divorce was not acceptable. But she often encouraged these women to leave her husbands. Leave their husbands? Leave their husbands, yep, and join her. Um, She also was really accepting and um like influential to gay men in australia because australia at this time had laws against homosexuality so she really like accepted them and they're really drawn to her um so she's starting to get it's like a yoga cult at this point like they're going to yoga classes they're hanging out they're all a little group but the most important thing that she did was she became friends with a physicist named Dr. Rainer Johnson. He is, like, the second most important person in this cult. So both Anne and Rainer had explored various religions and spiritual paths before they met. Um, Remember, like, after her husband died, she's getting into yoga. Then she also... um met a woman named Marguerite Segsman, who was a Swiss woman who had supposedly lived in Indian ashrams and followed a Tibetan guru, and she said that she lived in an Indian cave for five years. Yeah, so before she and Rainer met, Anne um, said that she was into theosophy anthroposophy and the works of several indian gurus she was just getting she was just going into like anything so Anne had no um like professional or academic experience Mm -hmm. she was basically like a housewife and a yoga teacher and never went to college however rainer Got a bachelor's of arts and a master's in arts um, through Belloli 
that doesn't sound like a real college in Oxford. <laughs> um, and then he got a bachelor's of science and a doctor of doctor of philosophy and a doctorate of science from the University of London. Wow. He then moved to Australia to work at the Queen's College in 1934. And then he met Ambrose Pratt, a journalist and novelist who was really into Buddhism and Hinduism. Um, so after he became friends with him, then he got really interested in it. And Rayner published four popular books on the occult and the paranormal. Um, they were The Imprisoned Splendor, Nurslings of Immortality, Watcher on the Hills, and The Light in the Gate. So two very spiritual people. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. Anne knew one of Rainer's friends. And Rainer's friend said that he and his wife Mary were going to go to um, India for a little trip in 1963. Anne, at this time, was trying to convince people that she was clairvoyant and psychic and all of that. Mm -hmm. So, Rainer had never heard of her, never met her. She found out where he lived, went to his house, knocked on the door, said, hey, I had a vision. I know that you're going to India. Don't go because your wife is going to get sick. Coincidentally... (laughs) They go to India, and his wife gets really sick. Oh, my God. And But this just convinced Rainer because he was already into spiritualism and all of this and the paranormal. Mm-hmm. So he was like, holy shit, this lady's the real deal. And that just sealed their friendship. <laughs> so around this time, Rainer began experimenting with LSD for what he said were purely scientific research reasons um but one of these times that he was experimenting with lsd he recorded in his diary about anne her face became divinely beautiful with sublime authority later he wrote that she was unquestionably the wisest the serenest and most gracious and generous soul i have ever met So he is just completely taken with this woman. Wow. And he is married to his wife, Mary. And she's just on board with this, too. What? Yep. She's just on board. Um, Anne also, at this time, was getting a bunch of plastic surgery and a bunch of Botox. So remember, she's in her 40s, and she told Rainer that she was 30. So Wait, so 60s? This was in the 60s? This was in 1960, yes. I would love to know what Botox looked in 1960. Uh, she actually was not bad looking. Oh, okay. Yes. So she was very beautiful and very, and everyone said that, um, like, she did have, oops, she did have, like, really pale, like, blue-gray eyes. Oh. And a lot of people said that that was, like, like, you, like, it looked like she was, like, seen into their soul. Because she did have, like, really pale eyes and kind of creepy. Kind of creepy. So okay. they had this little group going on. Um, Anne started telling people that she was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. And she said <laughs> that Rainer was going to be her John the Baptist. So in 1963, Rainer with his wife and his daughter Maureen and a few others became their own little group. Um, it was called the Great White Brotherhood. 
<laughs> of initiates and masters. Okay. Rough. Um, That's a pretty bad name. Yeah. So Rainer and his wife had this huge house in Fernie Creek. And then uh, Anne moved in with them. And so then starting in 1964, Rainer was hosting meetings weekly with Anne there um, where she was just giving um, speeches about philosophy and all of this. So she's giving these weekly weekly meetings at the house. And because Rainer was such a well-respected professional, Mm -hmm. everyone that they were recruiting into this group, they did have like the housewives, but they were rich housewives Mm -hmm. from their rich husbands. A lot of them were divorcees, so had money from their husbands. But everyone else that they were recruiting was wealthy, and they were doctors, psychiatrists, lawyers, nurses, and social workers. Whoa. Yeah. So everyone's rich. Everyone's like a actual like professional has like a good ass job. And so she started taking donations and they started to buy a bunch of properties. The first one, um, the first house that they bought was called the Santa Canetan. Santa Canetan. It's like a type of Indian house, like from India. Um, so they started holding their weekly meditation and like sermon sessions there. Mm-hmm. And or she called them discourses. <laughs> okay. Um, potato. And then these started taking place in a specially built lodge where she would sit on a purple throne. Do you have a picture of this purple throne? I don't. I did not find one. I need to know. I don't know. <clears throat> I did not find one. <laughs> okay, so another important person who came into the cult, um, was Howard Whitaker. Rainer introduced um, Anne to him. He was a psychiatrist who was practicing at a private hospital called New Haven. Um, And then, so New Haven is this hospital. And a lot of people who worked at the hospital became part of the family. And New Haven was a really key place for Anne to have cult members in mm-hmm. because she wanted babies. She also required a bunch of drugs, including psychedelics and tranquilizers that she used during um, rituals and to control members of the cult. Be- wow. Because to be initiated into this cult you had to go through what is called the going through, which is where you are given a whole bunch of LSD in the Mm -hmm. lodge where she gives her sermons. So while you're super high, Anne would use a smoke machine and lighting effects to convince the followers that she was Jesus. Get out of here. So they would be locked in this room for days on end, high on LSD, Mm -hmm. and then she would come in do her little background lighting, turn on the smoke machine, walk out, and, like, present herself to that person. And then she would whisper to them, like, who is God? Who is Jesus? Who is Christ? And they would say, you are. So then when they would come down from their high, they were convinced that they had seen her as Jesus. But she was literally using lights in a smoke machine. It reminds me of, like, um, like Wizard of Oz. 
With the yes, witch of exactly. The, with the Wicked Witch of the West? Wicked Witch of the West? I think so. Because the that East is right. the one that died, right? I don't know. The ruby slippers? I think so. That sounds right. <clears throat> okay, so as more and more wealthy members uh, were coming into the family, the family started buying a bunch more properties in the Dandenagon Ranges, an area um, west, or sorry, east of Melbourne. These properties included Anne's house, um, which was called Winbera. The um, original house called the Santa Keaton, but that was called the Abode of Peace. The Lodge, which was their ritual center. There was also Kai Lama, which is referred to up top. This is where the children lived. It was actually where the children, where up top was, was two hours away from the lodge and Anne's house. It was kept really separate. Which is really yeah. creepy. They also had a resort 150 kilometers northeast of Melbourne. Exhibit A, why I would join a cult. <laughs> I know. They've got a resort. <laughs> Super cool. Um, She also was so rich that she had properties in England and America. Really? Yes. Um, <laughs> Around the um, 70s and 80s. She was traveling to the United Kingdom and to America and was giving these sermons and recruiting members in different countries. So there are actually parts of the family that are ongoing in the United States and in the UK and in Australia. Like this coal has not disappeared. Weird. It's super creepy. Okay. So the life of members of the family also such a smart cult name i know um so she would give she wanted to do her sermons twice weekly but she was really busy because she was going to the uk and to um the united states if she wasn't present the family would listen to her pre-recorded sermons on tape Wow. Yeah. Um, she kind of dressed like Mother Mary. She would wear um, blue gowns. Why didn't she dress like Jesus Christ? I don't know. Well, <laughs> and that's just how like I associate Mary because she's like in these blue gowns. Um, she was also really, really modest, but also very fancy. Okay. So she would wear these gowns um, once because remember she's getting old like she doesn't look super old but her hair is starting to thin so she would always have a really nice wig on she would wear um pearls and a bunch of jewelry she would always have her makeup done um she was always wearing her chanel perfume and no members of the family would ever see her when she was not completely done up wow yeah you know who's the most beautiful uh naturally gray person i've I think I've ever met. Who? My mom. Yes. Ah. I know. Her hair is gorgeous. Her hair is gorgeous. I like it can't is. even I imagine know. her with like. With brown hair. Yeah. I know. I think it looks so pretty. It's weird seeing pictures of her with like her really dark brown hair. I think like gray hair suits her complexion. Mm-hmm. I love gray hair. I Me too. I feel like it's so beautiful. Me too. Sorry. I feel like I'm I'm fangirling over your mom. I know. Her hair is gorgeous. Oh my God. You would not even believe how many people stop us in public. To talk to my mom about her hair. And then, like, I, I swear it. to God, like, and it then looks, she can. It looks like she 
does it on purpose. I like, know. It looks like she dyes it. Nope. I mean, and she tells people about, like, her process of growing it out and stuff. I swear she's convinced, like, a bunch of women in the Quad Cities to embrace their gray hair. Oh, That's beautiful. Okay, so Anne's followers gave her complete obedience. Her control over members included breaking up existing marriages and mandating new ones. Um, they also believed that she was capable of performing miracles. In the early stages of the family, Anne supposedly demonstrated her powers by allegedly curing her daughter who was in a car accident and diagnosed with a fractured skull and a damaged eye. But all that happened was her daughter was in the hospital and she was able to leave the hospital earlier than the staff thought and was able to fully recover from her injuries. So she just told followers like, oh, like I put the spirit into her and she was able to recover even faster than the doctors thought she would. But she was just a child and children are just more resilient. Yeah. Like, right. That happens a lot. Um, Another way that she would control members of the family, remember, was New Haven. Um, and a lot of the members were psychiatrists. And so she would like underhandedly threaten them like hey one phone call and you could get committed oh my yeah, god like the way that you're acting right now could get you committed just creepy okay they can be creepy um so she also would mandate plastic surgery for female members <laughs> and a lot of the women started wearing blonde wigs like she did creepy gross 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 um kind of like the manson family um the use of drugs was like a really big part of the ritual life um so she would give them the drugs sometimes they would do it in groups sometimes they would do it by themselves um but just to kind of like reinforce the fact that she was jesus christ um, Rainer was also taking these like all the freaking time. He was high all the time. And so yes. just because he was like this respected professional and he was saying that she was Jesus, then everyone was like, okay, sounds great. Um, <clears throat> when she started to get children, when, um, the children turned 14, they also had to go through the going through ritual and then they were full members of the cult. So one of the times that Anne herself was under the influence of LSD, she said that she had a vision and declared that, so she's Jesus, but there is a God. So she says that God told her that it was her mission to adopt children so that she could create a master race to save the world from an upcoming apocalypse. Did she also fund the Georgia Gladstones? Get Guidestones? No, because this was, er, you know what? Maybe she could have. I don't know. So in the early 1970s, uh, the family started to collect children. Ew, I don't like collect. that Collect. They would collect. They would Some, take, take, take Okay, children? here. Go ahead. I'll tell you. So some of the children were were children that were conceived and birthed by members of the family Mm -hmm. and then they gave the children to Anne 
I don't like it. Yeah. Gross. Um, but at this time in the 70s, adoption and all this is like really wishy-washy in Australia. So what would happen is if you were an unwed mother, you would be put in like a separate wing of the hospital to give birth to your child. And that entire time, they would just try to convince you to give your kid up for adoption. And remember, these doctors and nurses and social workers were all members of the family at the New Haven Hospital. So a lot of children were basically like stolen from, yeah, were stolen from these single mothers and or like the mother was basically oh like convinced goodness. under distress to give up her child. Those poor mamas. Yes. Poor kids too. But just- I know. Um, they also had someone who would um, change their identity and falsify birth certificates at times and falsify um, adoption records. Um, all of the children's last names were changed to Hamilton Byrne. Um, a lot of them were blonde. If they were not blonde, their hair was dyed blonde to convince them that they were all related. All 28 of these children fully believed that Anne was their mother. She also, at some point, married a guy named Bill, but he's not really talked about in, like, anything. But he was her husband, and so they fully believed that he was their dad. And they, yeah, they fully believed that they were her mother and that Bill was their dad. Um, One woman... Genetics doesn't tell you, though, that you have to have all the same colored hair. I know. That's so weird. I know. Um, One of the survivors of the coal said, like, she couldn't get past the fact that, like, Bill wasn't her father because when she grew up, like, she was always daddy's girl. And when she was an adult, after, like, her part of the family had disbanded, she still asked Bill to walk her down the aisle when she got married. I don't. I know, because their entire lives, like, how, oh God. like, they just grow up, when, like, they're grown up, and then all of a sudden find out that these people are not their parents. Was Bill, like, wholesome, where he, like, no. actually, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so. That doesn't, I was, like, hoping, like, maybe because, like, this was her whole life, and that was the only part that, like, seemed, like, I don't know, like, if he was super sweet. No. So. Great. It looked like they were super sweet. Sarah Moore, who was born into the cult, mm-hmm. um, remembers how female members called the aunties would look after the children and would groom them to make them look as identical as possible. These aunties were the um, empty nester like yoga moms that joined the cult. So all these like middle-aged women who left her husband left their husbands for Anne uh-huh. became aunties. I want you to think of these aunties as the ants from Handmaid's Tale. I was just about to say this is that's basically how they are. Yeah, that's basically how they are. So Sarah said about Anne, I think the one thing that she wanted was lots of little children, little perfect little children in perfect little dresses with perfect little blonde hair. It's creepy. I don't like it. Um. So Anne housed the children in a wooden lodge remember it's called up top um by lake uh alden two hours away from the main house so they're completely separate um it was a beautiful area but it was really really isolated so surrounding the area was a bunch of trees and then a fence with barbed wire 
Well, that keep the children in. Well, that does make it a little isolated. (laughs) It's so creepy. So at one point, so she had about 28 children. Um, They were ranged from babies to like children age when they were given to her. What do you mean by children? Children like seven, eight. Like there would be like okay, like four year olds that were given to her. And we're told that she was their mom. Honestly, some four-year-olds I've met, I would have given them up. <laughs> I'm totally just Bye. <laughs> Um, So she looked like she wanted to be um, the perfect mother and have, like, all these perfect children. But she didn't seem to have any interest in actually raising them. Because remember, they were two hours away from her own house. Um, So she, they were just left to the care of the aunties. Uh, but when she was there, if any of them stepped out of line, she would beat them. And do you know what her favorite weapon to beat them with was? Her stilettos. What? Yes. Wow. If she killed any of the, these kids, you would no, never. No, she did not. Yeah, but you would never know because she has too many people of high power That's that could have buried very, that all is, the information. Yep, that is very true. Um, some of the reasons why children would receive beatings from the aunties, I don't know what the aunties would beat them with, um, but some of the reasons why they would get beat was getting their clothes dirty or forgetting to switch off a light when leaving a room. Oh my God, maybe I should be an auntie to Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> Start beating them with your heels. Um, another really big source of control for the children was uh denial of food they were very often starved one of the (sighs) women um who is not in the cult obviously anymore said that the longest that she went without eating was a week another woman um said that the that they did have pets they had cats and dogs and that Mm -hmm. one of the things that she would steal to eat was the bacon dog food treats because there was nothing else to eat. So she would see the aunties oh give the dogs goodness. a treat. And then she would look to see where they put the package. And then when she was able to, she would go steal dog treats so that she could eat. That's really sad. Yep. Um, the children were also regularly given um, Valium and other drugs to keep them docile. Hot damn. hmm Why? Um, Anne also really liked the Von Trapp family, so all of her children received singing lessons. Get out of here. So they, remember, so they would all dress the same, just like the Von Trapp family did. Mm -hmm. If they didn't already have blonde hair, she would bleach their hair blonde and then make them sing. Wow. The hills are alive. It's really creepy. Um, so remember they were, uh, a, they were homeschooled, so they had to be registered with the government. Um, when the government would come to do homeschooling checks, the aunties would write like these high level elaborate equations on the blackboard to make it look like they were being taught like really, really oh, well. Yeah. Um, but actually a lot of their curriculum was like religious and creepy. That's so mm-hmm. weird because they have all of the people that could teach. Them. I know they could. Yeah. These could be super, super smart children. Um, so all the homeschooling checks were a-okay. Um, but. Love it. Love our system. I know. I mean, it's not our system. But yeah. Well, uh, the United States doesn't, the, re- the United States doesn't regulate their homeschooling programs either. What? Did you, 
Yeah, I don't think, like, oh my God, states, like, you just have to, like, check a box. A lot of states, the kids don't have to take, um, like, state tests to prove that they're actually learning. The curriculum is not regulated. There was um, a Nazi curriculum that was just discovered in the United States. Yeah. This couple was, yeah, there were, like, 2,000 people that were giving their children Nazi curriculum. Well, was, I mean, that's that was what like the just found out. Got away with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um. But sometimes the cops would be called because the children could be heard screaming by people who did live <gasps> close to the compound. Yes. Um. Oftentimes, like they would scream from being beat. But one of the survivors said that, like, they would just feel so horrible that they would go outside and just scream at the top of their lungs. So sometimes I, the cops were called. I feel that. I, I totally understand. Um, most of the time when the cops would come, the children were hidden in a hole in the wall. Remember, at one point there's 28 kids in this house and they were all put like inside of the wall and then a wardrobe was put in front of it. I. And the aunties, when the cops came in, the aunties would make them a pot of tea and hang out and chit chat. With value in it. Probably. <laughs> probably just trying to confuse them um if they didn't have enough of a warning that the cops were coming and the kids came out the kids still wouldn't say anything because they just had no sense of control in their lives and they're just so terrified of ann and bill and the aunties right i'm shocked that they didn't have more people more people in their cult that were in the police community maybe they did at the height of this i so at the height in Australia, there were 500 people who were members of this cult. But Holy there's also cow. reports that between the 60s and the 90s, there were up to 2,000. Because remember, she's going to the United States oh, the, and right. to the UK to do these, like, sermons or her discourses, whatever she calls them. Um, so one of the children named Leanne was able to escape in 1984. So she ran away. She found neighbors and asked them to call the police. When the police came, they took her story and then immediately took her back to the house of the aunties. <gasps> and the aunties told the police that she was just a problem child. Um, so Leanne had to go back and stay in the house, and she was too afraid to try to make an escape for two years. But two years later... She was able to um, escape. She actually went back to the same neighbors. And this time she was 17. And when the cops came, she says, quote, I told him I was never going back there and he couldn't force me as I was now 17. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was able to she they took her to a foster home. So she was able to move in um, with an actual family and experience the world for the first time. Um, but she was feeling really, really guilty for all of her brothers and sisters that she left behind. Because remember, she thinks that she has Mm -hmm. 27 actual brothers and sisters. So, um, later on, she, um, finds out that Anne and Bill were not her actual parents. Because she's actually going through, like, (laughs) can you figure? Um, yeah, she finds out that her birth certificate is fake basically finds out that they're not her real parents it's just like a bench warmer is like i am 12 with a yeah. 20 dollar bill in it <laughs> basically um so she decides hell no i gotta get all these other kids out like 
because she already knew that her life was horrible but now she knows like it's mm-hmm. there's like just another component to this um around the same time sarah was another child and she supposedly was Anne's favorite child but when she became a teenager she became a little bit too angsty for Anne and was like fighting back a lot and then she was excommunicated and just it absolutely shattered her because she thought that that was her mother she also thought that she was her mother's favorite and then because she was like being a little bit too naughty of a teenager she was kicked out so Aunt Sarah and Leanne were able to um, get in contact with each other and be together again. Um, and so at this time, Leanne approached Child Protective Service Services, and they decided to, after taking their statements, to um, do a raid for all the children left behind. That's terrifying, though, because you don't know who's involved in the cult. I know. Have you ever seen The Following with Kevin Bacon? It was on Netflix yes. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And like, like you that. think you go to people and then it's like they're I just know, part of the cult. I know, it's terrifying. Well, that's like the, um, you know, the story of the girl in the box? Mm-mm. Okay, I'll do that one. But basically that's why she didn't escape because she didn't know who was a part of it. Because they told her like, the police are working with us. You can't escape. Like there's no one that you can go to. That's horrible. It's so scary. Okay, so they decide to raid the house and... Either Leanne or Sarah says it was decided that I would enter the house with the police as I was the strongest girl mentally at the time, she says, of the raid that took place on August 14th, 1987. So she also wanted to go in um, because her siblings didn't trust the police because the aunties had told them that um, the police were the bad guys and they would take them and put them into bags and beat them. But they're putting them into walls and beating them? Yes. Okay. Um, so she wanted to go in so that the kids could see that she was there too. So that they would have like, yeah. so that they would be a little bit more trusting. Um, so when they went in, Bill comes out of one of the rooms and confronts her on the stairs and screamed that she was a traitor. And um, she was fully afraid that he was going to attack her. Um, so... After the raid, there were 14 children who lived in Uptop, and they were taken into police custody, and they were either put into foster homes, or some of them were reunited with their actual families. Um, but due to a lack of evidence of abuse, because there were no pictures, there were no bruises, no one in the cult was speaking up, no one was arrested after the, after the raid. They were all just allowed to keep... Just keep on living. Keep being? Yes. No one was arrested. They took 14 children out of this house and put them into foster homes or reunited them with their families, but they couldn't arrest anyone for anything. So, (laughs) Ann and Bill fled the country. They left. No one knew where they went. Um, But in comes Lex DeMann... He's the man. That's his last name. But he is the man. Um, So he's a detective and he found out about this and he was like, no, like there is way more to this Mm -hmm. than what's going on. Like I have to get them on something. Um, So operation. (laughs) All the all the people in the cult are too old to have children now, too. Yeah, for real. Um, So Operation Forest was formed. So like after the raid, um, 
they were having a lot of trouble like figuring out like where these kids came from Mm -hmm. um there were no adults that were um cooperating with the police and there were all these claims of abuse um but like they just couldn't find any proof at all for three years they are trying to find ann and bill Mm-hmm. And they cannot find them. They also are trying to um, build up enough evidence to charge them with something. Mm-hmm. So finally, a local criminal who keeps getting arrested for like stupid stuff comes forward to the police and is like, all right, I don't want to go to jail, so I'll give you something. And he is the one who is falsifying the um, birth certificates and the adoption records. So they are able to... Um, they want to arrest them for those charges, but they still don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. Anne calls Sarah because remember, Sarah is supposed to be her favorite child. Mm-hmm. She calls Sarah. They're able to track the phone call and guess where they are? Around the block. They're in New York State. Fucking America. They're in New York State. So they find out that they're in New York State, but then they have this huge cult and they know that she's giving sermons in the United States. So they're like, okay, did she start a huge new cult? Like they didn't want to raid her house because they didn't know who was there. Right. It was actually only Anna and Bill. <laughs> no one else was there. They lived in like this frantable, like secluded house in the New York countryside. Right. Um, so they were able to arrest them in june of 1993 they were charged with conspiracy to defraud and to commit perjury by falsifying or sorry by falsely registering the births of three unrelated children that she said were her own biological triplets so that was what they were able to get her on um but some of the charges were eventually dropped she pleaded guilty Two, um, making a false declaration. Do you want to know how much jail time they got? Less than two years. They got no jail time. They had to pay. Well, I wasn't wrong. <laughs> yeah, they had to uh, pay $5,000 each. They had to pay a fine of $5,000. That's how much you're paying daycare in a year. Yeah, they were in only $5,000. Well, he only goes three days a week. That's true. That's nice. Um, yeah, so I think they, it's more than $5,000, but still. Yeah, that was a shit time. Um, yeah, so they could never get actual evidence of the abuse, and so they didn't charge them on that. The only way that they would have been able to maybe get them on charges of abuse was by having the children actually take the stand, and investigators decided that it was in the children's best interest to not have them take the stand, but a lot of, um, the children were super, super angry about that because someone else made that decision for them. And some of them were legal adults. Yeah, Yeah. were legal adults, and they absolutely would have, but they weren't even given that option. So they never went to jail, never did anything. They just paid $5,000. I pay $6,000 in daycare. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she they got to live out their lives. Bill died before Anne. Um, Anne did go on to... Oops. You do it every time. I know. Anne did go on to like a talk show one time to try to like clear her name where she said that she didn't do anything wrong. Uh, But luckily she didn't get dementia. So she wasn't, (laughs) she wasn't doing great. But there were still um, cult members when she was in this like assisted living facility that would visit her on a daily basis. And some of her 
well, like, quote-unquote children went to visit her before she died. Um, Lex said, the happiest day of my life will be when Anne dies. She died June 13th, 2019. Wow, that's pretty recent. I know. She lived for, actually, like, a really long time. Uh, She was 99 when she died. Or, no, 97, 98, one of those. Yeah, so when the children, like, there was never any justice. And when these children were taken out of up top and had to assimilate to life for the first time, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them accounted that they didn't even know, like, how to eat the first meal after they got out because the raid occurred like really really early in the morning so they were given breakfast basically like at the police station or wherever they were at and they put out a whole bunch of food and they're like oh hey like eat as much as you want like if you want something else like we'll try to get it for you um and all the kids were like what are you talking about because they were starved for their entire lives almost they did not know what was going on um one of the kids said that when he was in his foster home and he realized that he wouldn't get in trouble for like making a mistake it was like the happiest day of his life it was really sad um so I tried to find some like what they're doing now um but a lot of them just completely changed their identity Mm -hmm. and are living anonymously um but one of the survivors Ben he wrote a book called rescuing the family um which is basically his autobiography and he wanted to share like what the cult was like um to try to uh educate people Mm -hmm. on these like dangerous ideologies and how like they can trick people into falling into their cult um and sarah is now sarah moore and she is a um really well-known doctor in australia so that is the story of the family I'm putting they're all dead now at least but I mean there's still parts of the family that are going on today in our country I know but who are they following I don't know I mean they were the teachings of Anne yeah basically their motto is unseen unknown unheard and they were operating from the 60s to 1987 unknown unseen unheard no one knew that this was going on for over 20 years and they had members of like hospitals getting them lsd and social workers stealing babies like they were just flying completely under the radar doing all of this messed up stuff for so long that's nuts yeah so this could be still going on in other countries thank you for that that's the family terrifying i know don't like it. You want a, a palate cleanser? Yeah, give it to me. You can eat the labels on fruits. <gasps> no way. They're totally edible most of the time. They might most not. of the time. Um, what if I eat one that's not edible? I don't know. Is there anything on the sticker that says that they're edible? I don't know. Um, green, yellow, and red bell peppers might look like different versions of the f- same vegetable, but they're not. They're not? They're not the same. Wait, wait, what'd you say? Green, yellow, and red peppers yeah. are not the same vegetable. I thought that, I swear people always say that like they're the exact same plant just at different stages of growth. No. But they're not at all? No. Oh my gosh. Um, carrots were originally purple, not orange. Nice. 
if you put my grapes in in the microwave, they will explode. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> There's eight thousand different varieties of grapes. Oh my god. Okay, you'll like this as a teacher. Maine is the only state that has a single syllable name. Oh. Yeah, I don't know I, why I'm trying to like prove that I fact wrong. That, yeah, when I read that, I kept going through. That's really interesting. But I think we should eat some. We should either put some grapes in the microwave. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or we should try to eat some fruit labels. I'm nervous to eat fruit labels, though, because you said most <laughs> fruit labels. <laughs> Get it? We're gonna our luck is we're gonna eat the one that's not edible. They actually disband edible fruit labels, and so we just start eating all of yeah. the. <laughs> then finally, a grocery worker is like, "What the hell are you doing?" That okay? So Trevor, I think it was Trevor and Marissa came over to my bumpa's house one time, and I was like, "This is." I brought them over to a mint, le- like a mint plant, mm-hmm. and I picked the mint, and I was like, "This is mint," and I was like eating it, and I was like, "It tastes really weird," and Trevor's like, it "Was it's, like basil?" It's not mint, and I was like, "It's mint," and he was like, "No, it's not, Nicole." I was like, "It's fucking mint." It tastes like mint, but we will still have like the debate to this day. What was it? It's it's mint. What did he say it was? I don't know. Oh my god. Um. Also, a pretty disturbing fact. No, humans are the only animals on Earth with chins. I want to figure that is weird. I want to figure out what the purpose of our chins are, because it's got to be like an evolutionary thing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we're not a scientific podcast. But our sources are our sources are from Reddit, <laughs> Wikipedia. I say it wrong. Wikipedia. 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 Anyways, those are my those are my. Thank you. Numbers. I need to like look up the the background of them. I like those. All right, guys, thank you for listening to our episode this week. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at Aesthetically Displeasing, on Instagram at Aesthetically Displeasing Pod, and you can email us at Aesthetically Displeasing Pod at gmail.com. All right. Also, email us with what you want for merch, please, and thank you. Okay, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>